Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio Show. I'm Sandman, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. Well, it's Monday, May 6th, 2013, and that means that it's time for another episode of Parareality Radio. On tonight's show, I'll be looking into the Black-Eyed Kid Phenomenon, or BEKs for short, also known as black-eyed children. Sightings of black-eyed children have been somewhat common since 1998. Most of the accounts are in agreement about uh, most of the details, which are the black-eyed children are between the ages of 6 and 16. They only show up at night. They speak in a monotone voice. They don't seem to breathe, and they show up at your front door and ask to be invited into your home to use your phone or eat some food or something of that nature. So what exactly are black-eyed children? Some people think that they're extraterrestrials. Others say that they're spirits of dead children. Still others say that they're of demonic origin while even others claim that they're just straight-up vampires. Tonight, we'll take a look at each of these theories. But first of all, before we begin the show, let me tell you how to get in contact with me here at Parareality Radio, because, as you know, if you're a long-time listener of the show, there are several different ways that you can go about this. First of all, you can reach me on Yahoo Messenger, by using my screen name, which is GreyDragon98, that's G-R-E-Y-D-R-A-G-O-N with a number 98 tacked onto the end of that. If you're not already on my contact list, please let me know that you listen to the show whenever you send me a friend request. Request, well, otherwise, I'll just decline your invitation because of all of the unfortunate, you know, spam people on the instant messenger services out there trying to get you to go to their website to see them take off their clothes, pay them money to for all that crap. Not interested, not going to do it. You can also, oh, by the way, people ask me, why do I give out a, an IM name, a screen name, chat name, whatever you want to call it, whenever I don't really do the show live anymore? Well, I do the show live on occasion, and I am in the studio um, off and on during the week working on the show. And when I'm in the studio working on the show, I always have my chat program up and running. And you just never know when you're going to be able to get in touch with me. So, you know, that's left over from when the show was 100% live back uh, not too long ago, well back several years ago, uh, before I took a little hiatus and then came back and got into the whole podcasting thing um but i i just it's just something that you know i had back when the show originated and i just want to want to keep it around so uh and, and i do the occasional live show the the last show that i did on april 1st was uh, uh a great show uh my guest was mr scott walter from uh h2's history 2 channels america unearthed it was a great live two-hour show and uh, had a lot of interaction on the instant messenger. So I just want to keep it around because I, I do live shows every so often. 
here and there. Not like I used to, but I still do the occasional live show. So that's why I keep it around. So anyway, <clears throat> as I was saying, you can get in touch with me, GreyDragon98 on Yahoo Messenger. You can also drop me an email. My email address is, of course, Sandman at Parareality.com. Or you can just go visit my website, Parareality.com. Um, I'm also available on Facebook. If you're a Facebook person, which it seems like 99.9% .9 of the world is, just look for Sandman.Parareality on Facebook. And finally, you can still call the studio line. Like I said, I, I am in the studio from time to time, and I still do the occasional live show. But uh, if you want to just call and leave me a message, you can always call the studio line. That's number to call is 615-692-1170. Just call, leave me a message. Who knows, I may even be actually there in the in the here in here in the studio actually working and you may just you may just get me and like i said just a minute ago i still do the occasional live show so i do keep the number up and running for the live shows the number call once again is 615-692-1170 just be aware though that if you do call and leave a message that i may play your comment back on the show so if you don't want it played back on the show you dang well better let me know. So those are all the different ways that you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on the Parareality Radio Show, the award-winning Parareality Radio Show. You know, before I actually get into everything with tonight's show, I'd like to let you in on some exciting news here on Parareality Radio. Many of you know uh, that the show was recently nominated for two awards. Now, one of those awards was for Personality of the Year for the 2013 European Podcasts Awards. And the other was uh, for Radio Show of the Year for the 2013 Paranormal Awards. Now, I don't know why I was nominated for uh, Personality of the Year for a European Podcast Award, but... Nevertheless, I was. Um, so uh, I don't know how really that managed to happen, but, you know, heck, I was just, I was proud to be nominated. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, if, if, you've, if you've checked out parareality.com or my Facebook page, you'll already know what I'm about to say here, just in case you couldn't pick up on the award-winning Parareality Radio show that I've been throwing out haphazardly here and there since I signed on the air. Um, <clears throat> I'm very pleased to announce that while I didn't win the European Podcast Award, uh, go figure, uh, the show, however, did win the Paranormal Award for Radio Show of the Year for 2013. I'm very proud to have received this honor. The Paranormal Awards is an annual award show put on by Cece Carroll, also known as Cece the Huntress. These awards are voted, voted on by a panel of peers in the paranormal community, and the concept behind them is to celebrate and award the people who go uncredited in the field that actually do the work that ends up on TV. If you, are, if you have your own TV show, you cannot be eligible for these awards. These awards celebrate people who are overlooked and copied. It's a great honor 
that I've received this award and to have been recognized by a panel of my peers for all the hard work that I put into Parareality Radio. I'm very proud of this show. I've been doing it. This is my seventh season, and I'm very proud of this show. And it's so great to finally be recognized for all the hard work and dedication that I put into this show and the professionalism, might I say, because I've heard some other uh, internet talk shows such as this one, and uh, I got to tell you, um, the professionalism um, just isn't there in a lot of them. And I'm not saying every single one of them, but there's a lot of them that the professionalism really just isn't there, and the the quality, the time and effort that's put into it. It really shows, and the lack of professionalism really shows. So it, it is a great honor that my hard work, dedication, and professionalism has been recognized by my peers. And I would like to thank C.C. Carroll for putting on these awards. This is the second annual, by the way. Um, I didn't even get nominated in the, the first annual, but that's okay. Second annual, come back strong and won. So I want to thank C.C. Carroll. I'd like to thank the panel of judges who uh, voted for me this year. And most of all, I'd like to thank the fans of the show. Because if nobody listened, there wouldn't be a pair of reality radio. So thank you, everyone who listens to this show, who downloads it, who sends me emails, who uh, is on my Facebook page. Uh, I really appreciate all of you for, for listening and for being loyal fans of the show. Thank you so much. So uh, now let's get on with the show, everybody, and let's start talking about these black-eyed kids. For a few years now, a collection of strange stories about black-eyed kids has been bouncing around the Internet via paranormal forums and supernatural chat rooms. These stories have a single originating point, a creepy experience reported by a journalist whose name was Brian Bethelen, on January 16, 1998. Now, Brian claims that he was approached in his car by two children whose eyes were all black. And when I say all black, I mean that there was no white in their corneas. There was, there was no white in their eyes whatsoever. No color. Everything was black. These children insisted that Brian let them into his, his car, which was parked in a parking lot, they claimed that they uh, needed a ride to their home to get, uh, I believe as the story goes, they needed to get uh, money so they could, from their parents, so they could go see a movie that just so happened to be playing in the the area where Brian had his car parked. He, he was uh, supposedly there later in the evening after he had to pay a bill, and it was like due that day. So what he did was he drove to the parking lot of said place that he needed to pay the bill, which was apparently in like a uh, some mall or parking lot or something, and was sitting in his car writing out the check and was going to go, I guess, put it in the pay, drop payment box or whatever. And these two kids came up knocking on his, his window asking to be uh, given a lift to their home. Now, Brian claims he was overcome with a feeling of sheer panic as though he were being hunted by some sort of sinister predator. The more fearful he became, the more insistent the kids became that he let them in. And at one point, he uh, 
was going, his hand was going towards the door handle to go ahead and open up the door to let him in, and he wasn't even aware that he was doing it. At least this is this is what he claims. Well, the story has since multiplied, and it's been reported by dozens of others. Just a few quick examples. There was a, a woman who uh, lives alone who claims that two kids knocked on her door at 11 o'clock at night demanding she let them in to use her restroom. Uh, there was a Marine who was alone in his uh, barracks who found his courage under fire when two BEKs knocked at his door in the middle of the night. Uh, there's a, uh, a guy who was camping by himself who claims that he spent all night huddled in his tent terrified after two black-eyed children or black-eyed kids randomly appeared in the woods and insisted he let them inside his tent. And the stories just go on and on and on. Very similar. Uh, there's always two kids. One of them appears to be older than the other. The older one seemingly does all the talking and they demand to be let in. Now, how come, you know, I can understand them not being able to get in a house or a car, not being able to get in a tent. Uh, it doesn't take all that much effort to get into a tent, but I digress. The similarities in all of these stories, like I said, are are, are just, you can, you can look at them. I mean, most of these I just said anyway, but it's always two kids at night. They always have completely jet black eyes. Both of them seem unnatural and almost alien in their disposition, and they repeatedly ask you to be let inside, and they grow more and more hostile throughout the whole encounter. Well, here's the way that I see it. There are four overarching explanations for this phenomenon. There's the paranormal aspect, there's also the possibility they could be a straight-up hoax. Could be some sort of cult-like activity. And the last one, which is one of the more popular ones, they could be human-alien hybrids. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take each one of these four explanations and I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit. And I'm going to discuss each one. So we're going to start out with the first one, which is paranormal. The paranormal explanation is one of the most popular, one of the most often cited. Due to the lack of physical evidence, though, few paranormal researchers have claimed to believe that this story is 100%, myself included. However, there are many who think the black-eyed kid legend has eerie similarities with a variety of traditional paranormal classifications. And within this paranormal explanation, we have three, let's just say, subcategories. The first one would be vampires. Now, vampires traditionally have black eyes, especially directly prior to a feeding. And they also traditionally ask to be let in said residents. And that's very consistent characteristics of the black-eyed kids. Although you don't hear of many children vampires, I do suppose that it is a possibility if vampires exist, then if adults can be made into vampires, then why can't kids be made into vampires? 
right? Although I would think that if a vampire is going to kill a child or is going to um, suck the blood out of a child, he would kill them and not turn them. Uh, I suppose he would have his one would have his reasons if he wanted a child companion, say, you know. But uh, also another thing is that you know it's always uh, at night when the kids show up. So, you know, vampires traditionally roam at night. Although if you are a true vampire purist, and you know that the vampire legend really kind of got its start with uh, Bram Stoker and his novel Dracula. Um, Dracula was a vampire, obviously, and his he could walk around during the daylight. He wasn't just relegated to the hours of darkness. It's just that he was more powerful. He was most vampire-like. He was at his peak when the sun was down. But he could exist during the day. He was just very weak. I guess more like a regular human. But once again, I digress. Another paranormal aspect of this would be that the kids are demons. So, sure, why not? Why not make them demons? All the people have reported experiences of BEKs, short for black-eyed kids. All of the people who have reported experiences of BEKs recount feeling sheer terror in their presence, and they, they can't explain it. They describe it as an irrational terror that would normally not come about due to merely just being approached by children. So... That by itself doesn't necessarily make them demons. However, now, I've never encountered a demon, at least not that I know of, although my ex-girlfriend is questionable about being one. Um, <laughs> um, but it, it would make sense to me that if there were a demon in your presence, that you would feel a little bit uh, terrified. The thing that that disturbs me about this possible explanation is that they don't fit the typical demon mold, and I'm not talking about they have to have you know a, a forked tongue and horns and bat wings and a tail uh, and a pitchfork or whatever, you know. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but it just seems like a demon would be, I don't know, the, the appearance would be something maybe a little bit more significant than a child, but then again, if it's a demon and demons do have powers, then what better way to disguise itself than to appear as an unthreatening child? But the problem I also have with it, if it's the demon is going to disguise itself as a non-threatening child, why can't it also have blue eyes instead of having total, complete blackout eyes? You know, so the whole demon thing to me doesn't hold water. Uh, the vampire thing would, is a much better explanation than the demonic explanation. 
And then the third one that we have that fits under the paranormal category would be that these are simply spirits. Perhaps these BEKs are the ghost of deceased children, spirits who have lost their way. Maybe they don't know that they're dead and they're knocking on doors asking for help, but they're no longer human and so they appear strange both in appearance and demeanor. Um, once again, um, to me, that doesn't really hold water. If they're going to be spirits, it takes a lot of energy for a full body manifestation for a spirit. And spirits are intelligent type hauntings. Uh, they can interact with you. Thus, the kid knocking on the door, asking to be let in. Um, but I don't think that if it's if it's going to be a, a, a spirit of a deceased child, that it would be able to manifest itself and hold that manifestation for these extended encounters that people are having. That you know, it's not just a thirty-second encounter. These things, these encounters last for long periods of time. Now, I'm not talking about four or five hours or anything like that, but it's you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes sometimes. Um, that's just an estimation. I don't have an exact number because no one said, oh, I was with the child for 12.3 minutes. You know, but just judging from the stories, it, it you know, it's not going to be a 30-second encounter, but it's not going to be a, an hour or too long encounter either. So you're looking at 10, 15 minutes, maximum 30 is what I would say. So. I don't think a spirit is going to be able to manifest itself for a solid 15 minutes. And two, another reason why the spirit thing doesn't hold water in, in my personal opinion is because that always appears to in, with another child. So why would it be, if it's spirit of lost children, why is it always two together? Unless it's the same two going around all over the world, or at least the United States. So, once again, doesn't hold water on that. So, out of the three paranormal aspects that we have here, the most likely scenario, in my opinion, would be the vampire scenario, if you're going to say that it's a out-and-out paranormal event. Which, in a way, it is, because paranormal means a Above the normal or by the side of normal so it's all paranormal really <laughs> so let's get to the second explanation which would be that this is a straight-up hoax okay all it would take for a couple of kids to keep this myth going is to buy some blackout contact lenses and to have the disposition to not crack up laughing while you're screwing with someone's head doing this. The hoax explanation would appear the most likely one for people not inclined to believe in the paranormal. However, if this is a copycat hoax, a prank perpetrated by bored teens on a Friday night, if you will, 
it seems strange that there's not one reported incident of a BEK breaking character and smiling or laughing. Even the teen vampire heartthrobs in the Twilight movies aren't that good at character acting, okay? Besides, the blackout contact lenses that they would need to put in their eyes tend to cost around $500 or more for a set. That's an expensive prank. What average teenager do you know who even has $500 to his name, yet alone $500 to waste on contact lenses to play, pay, play a prank? Plus, you know, you can only keep those things in for so long, and the blackout lenses, from what I understand, you can't really see all that well out of. And if you're going to be wearing them at night, then it's going to be doubly hard to see. And it, it, some of these things could be a hoax, but I don't buy that every single one of them is a hoax by teens. The more proper hoax theory would be that the people who are claiming that they had the encounter with the black-eyed kids are making the whole thing up. That's a more likely hoax explanation than it would be for kids wearing contact lenses running around knocking on people's doors asking to be let in. So a hoax is probably going to be your most viable explanation, but it's not going to be from kids. It's going to be just simply people making the story up. Now this, remember, these are just strictly my opinions. After all, this is my show. And these are my opinions, right? Now, we move on to the third explanation, which would be that it's part of some cult thing. With all the cults out there, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was one that involved devious little kids. In some ways, this is just as terrifying as the, the demonic explanation, and really, in my opinion, once again, far more likely. There are hundreds of thousands of runaway children, and they often get swept up into gangs and illegal activity or dead. So you you got to take the dead ones out of here, okay? Unless you want to go back to the spirit thing. But they get a lot. They get mixed up into bad stuff. That's my point. What if it goes further than this? What if there's some sort of a deranged serial killer out there who hypnotizes children, inducting them into his or her family, and then unleashes these kids out on the public? One could argue, and in fact, many are, I'm not just making this up, many are that uh, this is happening. And there are even many more people who are saying that the government is doing this on a daily basis to kids, that they're snatching them up and, and training them and whatever. Um, I personally think that the cult theory is the least viable of the four theories. Um, I just don't see cults out there brainwashing kids, slapping some contact lenses in them and say, go terrify people. I don't see a serial killer training kids to kill people, slapping some black contact lenses in their eyes and saying, okay, let's go kill people a la, you know, just Charles Manson style helter-skelter type stuff. I just don't see it. This is, and once again, I'm not making 
this up. This is one of the popular theories out there. Just don't see it. Um, it's the least viable. And finally, we come to the fourth explanation, which is just so happens to be one of the most popular theories, and that's that it's human-alien hybrids. So if you've looked into the BEK phenomenon at all, then you've probably noticed the similarities between these kids, the BEKs, and the gray aliens. Now think about it. The BEKs have all black, almost almond-shaped eyes. Their physical features are practically flawless, and they don't sound like a normal child when they speak. People encountering the BEKs have described their voice as adult-sounding. They also say that they speak with an eloquentness that is mature beyond their years as well, and that their voice sounds kind of strange. Now, alien abductions of humans to be used to conduct genetic experiments is a long-standing theory that doesn't seem to be losing its popularity. If the greys have been abducting humans and using them to create a hybrid race, one would have to ask the question, why would these children be coming to Earth and knocking on our doors? Perhaps the greys are trying to integrate these children into our society, and this type of interaction is simply a test of sorts. Or maybe the people whom they are contacting are actually abductees themselves, but they just don't know it, just haven't realized it yet, and these BEKs are their children who are curious as to who their mother or father really is. Now, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you know that I've never really been a big proponent of alien abductions. Um, I do believe that there's life outside of our planet. I do think that they have come here. Uh, I'm just not totally 100% convinced that they're snatching people up out of their bedrooms all over the world on a nightly basis and experimenting with them. However, if they are, what I just proposed to you sounds like a very likely scenario. People say all the time that, oh, I was kidnapped by an alien, I was abducted by an alien, they conducted experiments on me, they took my sperm, or they you know, impregnated me and they took my baby, and I saw my baby years later, and it looked like a freaking weird-ass kid, you know, big black almond-shaped eyes, weird forehead, you know, the kids wear hoodies, maybe they're trying to disguise their big weird heads, but they can't disguise their eyes. Seems like you just put on a pair of sunshades, but hey, you know, whatever. But it sounds like a if, if and, and this is a, a very popular theory that they're human-alien hybrids, and what I'm saying is, I'm adding to this, I'm saying, okay, let's just say that they are human-alien hybrids, all right? Let's just say they are a product of the greys. What I'm saying is, what would be wrong with adding to this theory and going a step further than saying they're just more than human-alien hybrids? They're human-alien hybrids who are coming down 
to try to find their birth parents or parent. Think about it. So I know that's, that's pretty deep, but I have been known to get deep. Well, look, I'm going to take a pause for a little bit and play some music. And when I come back, I'm going to finish up and we're going to talk about a reward that has been put out for proof that these black-eyed kids exist. So I'm going to play a little music. This is Pat Benatar and Hell is for Children. Very appropriate, I think. I'm going to take a little break. I'll be back in just a few minutes.
This is Parareality Radio, your information source for all things paranormal. Join your host Sandman and his roster of special guests, experts, and experiencers as they explore the realms of the known and the unknown. New shows broadcast the first Monday of every month at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen online at parareality.com. Turn on. Tune in and find out. So that was Pat Benatar with Hell is for Children. Kind of an appropriate song, I thought, you know, since we're talking about black-eyed kids and they could be demons from hell. Eh, maybe a stretch, I don't know. But anyway, as I've been saying all night, I digress. So here we are talking about black-eyed kids. and I presented these four theories about what they could be, it's something from you know paranormal, whether it's vampires or um, demons or spirits. We also have the possibility that it's a straight-up hoax. We also have the possibility that it's some sort of a cult thing, which is uh, really, really, really far-fetched even for this show. And then we have one of the more popular theories that it that could be some sort of human-alien hybrids. But did you know that there's actually a reward out for black-eyed kids? The Ezine, or Ezine, however you want to pronounce it, I say Ezine, the Ezine Journal of the Bazaar, or J-O-T-B for short, published an article not too long ago with their explanation of what BEKs are. Their assertion is that it's a natural pupillary response called mydriasis, which is responsible for the blackening of the eyes, with the rare exception of those who have abnormal medical conditions, are black-colored lenses, tattooed pupils, traumatic brain injury, and the like. It's their opinion that this is a side effect of recreational drug use since LSD, DMT, mescaline, ecstasy, bath salts, cocaine, amphetamines, atropine, and scopolamine have been shown to cause madrysis and the increase in sightings of black-eyed children over the last few years is directly proportional to increases in the use of ecstasy and bath salts. So just what exactly is madrysis? Well, mydriasis is an abnormal condition characterized by contraction of the dilator muscle in the eye, resulting in widely dilated pupils. More specifically, it's a condition of an eye having an abnormally large pupil diameter, like 5 millimeters in daylight. If you don't know anything about pupil diameters, pupil diameters are measured in millimeters. One would be a very constricted pupil, and five would be a just hugely dilated pupil. The condition may be due to a paralysis of the sphincter pupillae muscle, uh, to an irritation of the sympathetic pathway to a drug like atropine, or to adaptation to darkness. While this is one possible 
explanation of BEKs, I highly doubt that this can be used to explain away all incidences of them. JOTB is now offering a $10,000 reward for concrete evidence that black-eyed kids exist. All you have to do to claim the reward is simply produce a child with black eyes. JOTB will pay all travel expenses to Danville, Pennsylvania, where the black-eyed child will be examined by the Pediatric Ophthalmology Department of Geisinger Medical Center, which is consistently, according to JOTB, ranked as one of the top 50 hospitals in the country. JOTB will pay all medical expenses. Now, in order to receive the $10,000 reward, the following terms will apply. Now, I have taken this directly off the Journal of the Bazaar, JOTB website. So I'm going to read this word for word as they have it on their website. This is what you have to do in order to receive the $10,000 reward. Okay, here we go. Every part of the child's eye must be black. That includes the iris, pupil, cornea, and the sclera. The eye color must be black, not dark brown, not navy blue, not any other color black. The condition may not be produced by any unnatural means. This includes contact lenses, tattooing, dyeing, prosthetics, or any other type of body modification. The black eyes must not be the result of any genetic abnormalities, medical condition, or traumatic injury. The specimen's condition must not be the result of any type of Mydratic substance or medication usage, this is prescription or otherwise. The BEK, black eyed kid, must be between the ages of 6 and 16. Now, other important information that you need to know to claim this reward if the BEK in question is proven to be a fraud, the perpetrator or perpetrators will be required to reimburse. Journal of the Bazaar for all travel, medical, and legal expenses. If the $10,000 reward is claimed, Journal of the Bazaar reserves the right to use any photographs, videos, testimony, and documentation as JOTB sees fit. Claimant of the reward shall grant JOTB worldwide exclusive rights to use the claimant's image and or likeness for perpetuity. In other words, forever. Claimant of reward shall not use any of the aforementioned materials, including but not limited to pictures, videos, testimonials, and documents, without the written consent of JOTB. Violation of this rule shall be regarded as copyright infringement. After the reward is claimed, JOTB will reimburse eligible parties for travel and lodging expenses so long as the claimant furnishes receipts for all of the expenses incurred. JLTB will not reimburse parties for these expenses until after the reward has been issued. The reward will be valid, the, excuse me, the, re, the reward offer will be valid for a period of one year and will expire at noon on March 9th, 2014. So we're already almost a month behind. We got only, we only got 11 months left 
to claim this reward. JOTB, finally, JOTB reserves the right to modify or amend these conditions as necessary. All of the complete rules and regulations, as I have just read them to you, can be found on the JOTB website at journalofthebazaar.blogspot.com. Once again, that address is journalofthebazaar.blogspot.com. If you think you have a real life, honest to God, B-E-K on your hands, then it's definitely worth it to try to claim this reward. So I'm starting to run out of time here. Um, so it's time to, to wrap this up. So let's conclude this. Are BEKs real? Well, I don't know for sure, but there does seem to be plenty of people out there who claim to have encountered them, and the frequency of the reports of the encounters are on the rise. I've never personally encountered a BEK, nor do I know of anyone who has. Those of you who regularly listen to this show know that I describe myself as an open-minded skeptic. I'll have to say that on this particular issue, the skeptical side of me is edging out the believer side, like 70-30. While I personally think the likelihood of BEKs are low, that doesn't mean that they're not real. In fact, they may be. Now, I've given you several of the popular theories, or basically just all of the popular theories. I made no bones about it. I think the most likely explanation for the black-eyed kids is going to be a hoax. Not hoax perpetrated by children, but hoax perpetrated by the people who say that they've encountered these black-eyed kids. There's never been one picture. There's never been one uh, video. There's never been an audio clip. Um, nothing concrete has been provided that black-eyed kids exist. Hell, people have pictures of Bigfoot and UFOs. Why can't you get a picture of a damn black-eyed kid? Everybody has a freaking cell phone on their hip these days, and all of the cell phones have cameras on them. It's not going to be too hard if they if they really are out there. If they exist, there's going to be a picture soon. There has to be. There has to be a picture soon. But like I said, I I'm seventy thirty. You know, the skeptical side is 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 kind of winning out here. Seventy thirty on the black eyed kid thing. If they do exist. I think the most plausible explanation for them is that they're human-alien hybrids, product of the greys and humans, some sort of genetic thing for whatever reason. That is, if they do exist. Like I said, I'm still 70-30 still on this. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm just saying, eh, I'm not too sure. <laughs> so, look, if you ever encounter a child who's wearing a hoodie, who doesn't want to really establish eye contact with you, sounds kind of strange when he talks, and insists that you let him into your home or your car, 
take my advice. Don't. Don't talk to him. Don't even look at him. Simply drive away or close the door to your home and don't open it for that child again, no matter what he says. That does it for this evening's show, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed it. Let me know what you thought about it by dropping me an email. That address is sandman at parareality.com. Also, please remember to visit my website. That is www.parareality.com. There you can find out all kinds of information about the show here, there on the website. You can listen to the current and past episodes of Parareality Radio. If you click on the, uh, and if you click on the extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio forum. It's free to join. You can shop in the Parareality Radio store and get your Parareality Radio gear. And you can even watch some show videos and other stuff. Also, don't forget to look me up on Facebook if you're on Facebook. Just uh, type in my name. It's Sandman.Parareality. You can hear the show on Facebook there as well. You can also find out more about what's going on in the world of Parareality Radio. Everybody, my next show will be available on Monday, June 3rd, 2013. I'm going to have a special guest. His name is Brett Oldham. He was on the show back in October of last year along with his wife, Gina, uh, together they are Halo Paranormal, and Brett has just um, come out with a book called Children of the Grays, and he is going to be talking about his experiences writing the book and how he came to write this. And uh, he was just on an episode of uh, Monsters and Mysteries in America, uh, which is uh, on the Destination America channel. I uh, don't know what channel that would be in your area, but if you have Direct TV, it's channel 286. Um, I believe he was on the season finale of that show. I, I caught that episode. I actually DVR'd it, and uh, it's a very interesting. His his segment's the very last one. Both he and his wife Gina appear on there, and uh, he talks about his experiences with alien abduction. Speaking of alien abduction and genetic manipulation, uh, he has uh, a story to tell. On that, so uh, that's going to be my next show, Monday, June the third, twenty thirteen. Special guest Brett Oldham. Don't know if he's going to be a live in studio guest or if we're going to do this on the phone yet. We're still working out the details, but he is booked for the show. So if you liked him when he was on in October, if you have read his book or if you saw the Destination America show, Monsters and Mysteries in America, uh, you'll definitely want to check this out. If you haven't seen that show. You want to check it out, Destination America, Monsters and Mysteries in America. So uh, make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out on Monday, June 3rd, 2013. Everybody, I hope that this radio program opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way that you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you again next month with my special guest, Brett Oldham of Halo Paranormal, discussing his new book, Children of the Greys. 
Oh, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of music. I think I'm going to close out with ACDC Back in Black this evening. And before I go, I just, once again, in case you couldn't tell at the top of the show, I'm really excited that I won a freaking award. So before I um, sign out, I just want to say once again, thank you to C.C. Carroll. And I want to thank especially you, the fans who listen to this show. I know I, I personally get tired of on award shows where people say, oh, without you, without the fans, we would be nothing, blah, blah, blah. But really, it, as corny and cheesy as it sounds, it really is true because if no one listened to the show, I'd just be talking to myself, which really I am anyway. But if if no one listened to the show, then there wouldn't really be a reason to do it. And I really appreciate you, the fans, listening to the show and helping me to make the show the success that it has become. And together, we're going to have a lot more years of Parareality Radio. And I know that will go far. So thank you for listening to the show and helping me make it a success. I really, really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So I'm going to leave you now with a little bit of ACDC and uh, Back in Black. We'll see you next month. <laughs>